Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Sarah Hill. who will be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Sarah, hello. Hello. It's good to see you and thank you for having me on your program. I'm just excited that we have a true professional with us today, which I'll explain momentarily. But Professional in quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Air quotes. Air for quotes, all in podcast quotes. world That's to say, right. oh, wait, hello. I forgot we're on. We can check this out on the Startup Hustle YouTube channel. I got that out of the way. Well, before I introduce you, a couple couple things here. First off, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, the business I own with the guy that's not here today. And uh, if you want to check out pictures from today, you can go to at Startup Hustle Podcast on the gram. With me today, I have Sarah Hill, once again, who is the CEO and founder of Helium. Now, you know, I like it when you're interactive. So I want you to go to try helium. Now I'm going to spell that. That's H E A L I U M.com. And you can check out what Sarah does while we talk all about it. Sarah, once again, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah. I'm glad to have you. Now we're going to talk all about helium, but I mentioned that you were a professional. So you worked for 20 years in this industry. So, and I say this industry, just meaning media in general, used to be on TV. Uh, TV and also radio. I started out at the NPR affiliate in Springfield more than 20 years ago and lived in a box, as yeah. they say, um, for uh, about 19 years covering local news, TV news, rapes, murders, homicides, lived by a police <laughs> police scanner 24 seven. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, we don't have, we won't get into any of that stuff today, but meaning like all of the crime. The only crime we'll, we'll discuss is the fact that I definitely do have a face made for radio. So I wouldn't say that. And I think your, your YouTube listeners would, or YouTube watchers would beg to differ with you. I used to joke around because sometimes people would say, okay, I'll watch your podcast. I'd be like, okay, you don't know what a podcast is, but now you actually can. Yeah, so yeah. And that actually happens. Now, in regards to helium, and once again, you can go to try h e a l i u m dot com. You guys are doing some really cool stuff, and we have we meaning us at Full Scale and Startup Hustle got to know you because you are a part of Launch KC's. They call it Business Accelerator. I don't really like that name because I feel like the businesses that are in the Launch KC program are a little further on down the line, like yours is, but. Tell us a little bit about Helium and what problem you guys are trying to solve for the world. Yeah, well, the problem we're trying to solve is that life sucks and we need some new tools in order to uh, make us more self-aware of our own positivity and our own powers inside ourselves um, to heal ourselves. So Helium is a virtual and augmented reality platform that's powered by consumer wearables. What we're doing is harnessing the power of your body's electricity, as strange as that sounds, and allowing you to see your feelings uh, via a smartwatch or via a brain sensing headband. And you can actually know when you're meditating or when you're doing a mindfulness experience, um, whether or not you're, you're doing it right. So when you boil it down, Helium is a video game that you play with your feelings. You know, and 
I'll just call this out because to some people that might have sounded a little crazy, meaning just like you're going to do what? But the truth is your body does generate a lot of electricity and it creates a lot of data points that a lot of people in the hardware and software space are trying to do everything they can to wrap their arms around. And there's a lot of stuff that you can figure out from wearables and you know, like, so what, which, what of those things are you guys really measuring? I know we, we left it pretty broad there, but like, what are the exact things that we're seeking to capture here? So with an Apple watch, for instance, um, heart rate, you can see your heart rate displayed on the screen and you can use that, your power from that heart rate to hatch butterflies out of an augmented reality chrysalis. <laughs> you can illuminate the planets by lowering your heart rate. So kind of like classic neurofeedback, biofeedback, but in an augmented reality spatial computing world. So for instance, with a brain sensing headband on your forehead, uh, you emit uh, a brain pattern known as gamma asymmetry. The more your frontal gamma leans to the left, that in decades of research has been associated with um, feelings of positivity. The more it leans to the right has been associated with depression. And so what we're allowing you to do, not in a diagnostic way, but in a self-awareness way, is to see that positivity, that, that brain pattern associated with positivity, uh, do something and change your world. So we're, we're visually rewarding the user for thinking positive thoughts or for quieting their mind, uh, doing something beneficial to their body, they see the environment respond. Um, whether it be the higher you float up the side of a beautiful waterfall in virtual reality, kind of like Peter Pan, when you think happy thoughts, you fly. The deeper you float through a nebula in space, um, you're able to grow flowers. Uh, you are able to make it snow inside a magic snow globe just with your feelings. And it sounds really far-fetched, uh, but if you go to our website and you watch some of the videos, you can see how your thoughts and feelings actually have power. That data from your wearables have, have, has power to control things, not only in the virtual world, but even when you don't have on the goggles or you don't have our, our AR app in, in the real world as well. And with all of these 2D data dashboards uh, that you're currently interacting with your, your, your data with, this is a way more of a living, breathing data dashboard that you can interact with those uh, brain patterns and heart rate so that you can know um, how better to control them because the brain believes what it sees. Can you imagine hitting a tennis racket or something like that with your uh, 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 follow through and never seeing that follow through? That would be pretty tough. But yet that's how the mind is. We don't have the ability to see what's going on in our mind. And that's what helium is. It's, it's a feeling mirror that allows you to uh, not only see those feelings, but again, to use it as power to control a, a virtual world. I mean, I'm a big believer in the stuff that you just mentioned. And, you know, I, if, if I can see my feelings, maybe I can create some more positive ones. I think that um, people are often inherently negative. And then they expect positive results. And that's not really the way that works, or at least it doesn't need to. Um, I mean, I think this is an interesting, a very interesting subject that we're embracing today. Now, before we get too deep into that, Sarah, how the heck did you get into this? 
Yeah. So essentially this is storytelling and I've been an interactive storyteller, started um, in AR back with Google Glass. I was a glass hole, right? For for many years. And um, quite frankly, um, I lost it. Um, I started having panic attacks, uh, couldn't sleep at night, and I had to get out of the news business. And so I did that and I went to work for a great company that was using um, a technology to help give a group of aging veterans the ability to virtually visit their memorials in Washington, D.C. You may have heard of the honor flight programs that are all around the nation that fly veterans on free flights to see their memorials. Well, we started providing them virtual flights uh, through a program that we developed called Honor Everywhere. And they would uh, we created a series of, of VR documentaries where veterans inside the goggles could feel like they were at the World War II Memorial, even though they weren't able to physically travel because they were on too much oxygen or had a heart condition. And what we noticed in thousands of these demos that we gave, you know, in veterans' homes, assisted living centers, is that VR appeared to be affecting their physiology. They weren't just watching it. They were feeling it. Their bodies would relax. They would take deep cleansing breaths, and it appeared to us as lay people, not scientists, that it appeared to be affecting their physiology. So I reached out to my co-founder now, back then, uh, you know, uh, many years ago, he had written a digital prescription for me to help me sleep uh, by gluing electrodes to my forehead and watching a little airplane go above and below a threshold in a neurofeedback protocol. Long story short, that helped me sleep. And so I asked um, Dr. Tarrant, would you do some brain maps on these individuals who are using helium and try to determine what is happening to their physiology? Is it having a, a beneficial impact? He sent me back a photo that I'll never forget of the high beta activity or the stress reaction in the user's brain before helium and then immediately after helium. And so uh, Jeff and I set out on creating uh, content to try to craft it in a way that could be beneficial for the user uh, using his expertise of neurofeedback, um, but making it more accessible so that you didn't have to glue electrodes to your forehead and combining it with storytelling so it wasn't a boring plane that you were keeping up above or below a certain threshold. So Helium is, uh, at its core, an interactive storytelling platform that's powered by this data um, from your, your wearables. Uh, and uh, Jeff writes the brain-based principles. I write the stories. And um, Ricky Rockley uh, designs and 3D models and develops these experiences in augmented reality and virtual reality. We've been around for about four years, uh, started just creating AR and VR for brands, Google, Facebook, um, and uh, pivoted to product uh, about three and a half years ago. So AR and VR are hot right now. I mean, it's just a lot of, it's drawing a lot of attention and there's a lot of uh, energy and emotion being put into creating it. Um, I think what you're doing is admirable. I like that you, you went about it by solving some of your own issues. You mentioned the ha not having sleepless nights and needing to get away from the news. Well, the news is inherently negative. Um, and do you think it was all that negative input that was causing the anxiety and everything else in your own thought process? I can't say, but I can say once I got out of it, I got better. Right. Um, so that's, that's a data point. 
what we consume, whether it be on the news, and it's not the news's fault. You need that information to keep you safe, to know how to vote, to stay away from tornadoes, to know that there's a child molester next door. And we're not saying turn off the news. What we're saying is that all of us as humans really need to take a good look at our digital diet and ask ourselves, what kind of negativity are we pouring into our bodies um, in a way from uh, our media consumption? Right. And if you don't have helium or some other outlet in reality or in virtual reality, if you can't take a walk in a park, well, helium is a walk in the park that, you know, you can bring uh, right to you. And so if you're constantly have negative fiber that you're, you're pouring in, it's going to make you sick, just like it made me sick. So, um, you know, this product is for me as much as it is for the 41 million people out there, 300 million people out there, if you add in uh, depression or addiction or emotional pain, or I'm going through a divorce um, that needs some kind of positivity and hope um, when sometimes you can't get that in the real world. In my first book, Balance Me, uh, it's about finding a healthy and successful balance in your personal, professional, and physical life. I compare being around negative people to similar, you know, to you talk about moderating your digital diet. And I use the example. I said, if you knew that a, there was a room full of people up the hallway that were all had airborne illnesses, would you go in there and a, would you go in there and hang out with them? And B, would you really be surprised if later you got sick? And it's the same feeling, you know, and, and the, whether it's whether it's the news or I actually do suggest less news um, <laughs> just for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, the, uh, some people watch the news like all day, every mm-hmm. day. And, and depending on which channel or which input it, it could be it can be really negative. And then they, you know, you kind of have kind of a negative outlook on things. And also you should be, you know, if you if you are someone that can go walk in the park you should know that there isn't a 99.9% chance that you're going to die doing it. But that's, you know, for a lot of people, uh, psychologically, uh, external output, especially things they can't control, are a huge source of anxiety. So I like the idea of of being able to use AR and VR to be in a situation where you can control it. So I think it's a really interesting concept to kind of um, um, repurpose the way that, you know, that cause effect relationship. So how do you go about testing this stuff? I mean, is this just like, Hey, try it out and tell us how it goes. Or, I mean, it sounds like a a kind of a deep dish to dive into. Yeah. So, um, we have a few different published studies in peer reviewed journals. Um, and a lot of the studies have been done with hospital grade EEG, um, and so, what does that stand for? Uh, electroencephalogram. Okay. Um, so in the hospital, um, people who have seizure activity, you might have seen they put a big cap with a bunch of different channels. We use uh, 24 channels with an Esloretta scale that basically analyzes all that data um, on the content that we create to know what is this content create? How is it shifting brain patterns? And is it shifting in a positive way or not? Um, And sometimes we don't get the answer we want. So for instance, we had um, a piece on our platform where you're on this beautiful bluff, 
but it was not uh, lowering that activity significantly. In fact, it was raising that activity in some users. And what we found through surveys was that beautiful bluff was really beautiful to be up there for some people and for other people, they were scared (laughs) to death that they were going to fall over, you know, the other side because it was real to them. So data points like that to us as content creators um, are valuable for us to know, are we meeting the mark? So these are, you know, the future VRCeuticals, ARCeuticals uh, for anxiety. Uh, You know, all of these will be used in the future for sleep, for pain. Um, uh, uh, There are some VR companies using VR for uh, depression for stroke. I mean, name any medical condition and chances are there's, there's an XR meaning both, both virtual and augmented reality an XR company that's creating some kind of pseudical for it. And so, you know, we really want to know with our VR pseudical, what are these doing to the brain and also the heart? Um, so you can measure via hospital grade EEG via skin conductance, um, uh, via heart rate monitors and what, uh, has been able to be shown about helium in those studies is that our virtual reality um, reduces by a third uh, significantly quickly in as a matter of four minutes, moderate anxiety. And you can see that not only um, before stressful situations, but even on, on everyday use. So for instance, the American Red Cross uh, partnered with us on a study looking at using helium before blood donations. Blood donations, obviously a high, you know, anxiety for, for certain people who aren't used to that needle poke. Uh, and it found that it not only reduced tension, but increased feelings of calm, increased, increased feelings of happiness before they got the stick. So, you know, the value as a completely drugless solution in a day and age where, you know, we've got the opioid epidemic looming, um, there's a real... I don't think it's looming. I think it's, it's like yeah. it's like a tsunami that's already flooded the plane. Right. This yeah. is, you know, a completely drugless way, data-driven, that you can reduce your moderate anxiety quickly. And not only that, but you can have be able to control those feelings because you can see them. It establishes that mind-body connection. As we stop and post for pictures that you can see yeah, on the ground. Yeah, pink headset. Uh, I do. I think, you know, as far as AR, VR headsets go, pink is always my first choice. Oh, absolutely. We also have purple, green, uh, camouflage. I'm, I'm, I'm pink all the way. It looks rose gold to me. <laughs> there you go. That's right. It's funny. I have a rose gold laptop and some, and it does look a little pink. And people say to me all the time, they're like, uh, dude, do you have a pink computer, pink laptop? And I say, yep, sure do. It's a great color. All the way. Um, it reduces my anxiety, right? Um, so pr- earlier you mentioned that you mentioned taking uh, what was the the veterans the, the a- aging veterans, yeah, yeah World War II terminally ill and aging World War II veterans who aren't able to travel on an honor flight. Honor flight. So you mentioned that. Now, is your product structured around helping elderly veterans? Any particular genre or type of person? So here's the thing. Are people a genre? Is that a thing? Yeah. Uh, Anxiety is a layer in 60% of all illness and disease. Um, This is a product that is multi-generational and multi-age. 
we have someone um, who uses Helium who talks about how he uses it with his grandson, our augmented reality app. And he puts his grandson on his belly and together they can learn how to calibrate their their breathing. And he learned how to how when he lower his heart his heart rate, uh, the planets light up. It's a very visual, easy thing for him to remember so that when he then gets in another stressful situation, he can remember what he needed to think about in order to make the planets illuminate. Um, so uh, helium is used in assisted living centers, nursing homes, hospice. It's also used by parents of college-age children as pri- trying to uh, find a tool for them to regulate their anxiety. It's used by 12-year-olds to help them establish in an easy way a mind-body connection. We have a school in the Chicago area that's giving kids helium outs instead of timeouts. Um, you know, when a, a kid gets in trouble, what do you do? You know, you might separate them from the situation, but what do they do when they're separated? This is an easy way that can allow them to self-regulate those emotions when they're in a stressful situation and have the ability to see them. Helium has been used on the, the flight deck of the USS Nimitz. Um, it, it's used by moms and, and dads. So uh, we don't like to pigeonhole anxiety because it's a layer in uh, up to 90% of doctor's visits. And we really see it as something that can should be in everyone's medicine cabinet as mental health armor, as resiliency for not only yourself, but your family member who's who's had a, had, had a bad day. I mean, you have a five-year-old um, or, or young children, you know, you know what to do when uh, you know, uh, an 11 year old comes home and says they've skinned their knee or they've cut themselves physically. But, you know, what do you do when they come to you and say that they're not, you know, emotionally feeling okay? Helium is not meant to be any kind of replacement for psychotropic medication or for therapy. Obviously, that's the gold standard. But as, uh, you know, a tool that you can break out in a, a situation, um, uh, a, a situational stressor, and have a drugless way that you can distract them from whatever is bothering them in their, their current reality is, is a powerful tool. So really, in the end, I mean, the, the, it's the anxiety treatment that's the core of what you're chasing. Self-awareness okay. uh, tool for anxiety and the self-management of anxiety. Obviously, you're not going to use helium in replace of cognitive behavioral therapy or, again, not as a replacement for psychotropic medication. But for people on a lower expe- spectrum of a, a, a moderate anxiety, perhaps it's not of a, of a level um, where you need to seek uh, professional help. Uh, you can uh, escape in a mindfulness experience and become again more self-aware of how the power um, to control those emotions is inside of you. You might not have known that until you saw on the screen your heart, your brain patterns reacting. You know, it's funny. I've kind of been doing some of this to myself. You'll if you if you hang around with me enough, you'll see me reach up and take my pulse. Actually, like take my own pulse. I do it a lot, just kind of like self monitoring myself. I'm sure I could do it with any number of wearables, but it's been a habit of mine for a long time. And um, you know, I, I I am very very much acknowledged being like a high ADHD person. Um, you talk about calming the mind. Oh wow, I wish. 
I mean, it's, I don't have anxiety. Um, that's never really been an issue for me, but, um, the, the whole concept of calming or slowing down the mental pattern, like there's so many things going on in my head. I like, I would enjoy slowing them down. And sometimes I'm, I'm quite excellent at controlling them at which point I can do really amazing things. And then sometimes it's a battle. So, yeah, I think that, I think that'd be interesting to, and I'm looking forward to trying this and seeing, you know, uh, you know, at what that reaction would be. I, I'm also a little scared that if I were to visualize my own feelings, I might be like, ah, so, you know, that's, and that's, that's a challenge. And, you know, you mentioned having kids and doing different stuff. I, I have a five-year-old daughter, as, as we mentioned, and most of our listeners are aware. My daughter might've gotten like 99.9% .9 of my DNA. Um, that's why when I found out I was having a daughter, I wanted to name her Payback. <laughs> my wife did not go for that. So Dylan is, is her name. Much better. Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But she's, uh, you know, she's got that same kind of tendency. And you talk about that mindfulness. I try to, I actually have like a signal. It's almost like a little hug, you know, like in that, and that when I do that to her, it means like, try to pull that energy back in. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's pretty uh, uh, interesting. So you met, we've mentioned a lot of different things and you have some stuff here today that you, would you classify yourself as a software company? Um, we wouldn't classify ourselves as a software company. We would classify ourselves as a VR, AR okay. interactive content company. Okay. It's a very unique kind of content that's meant uh, to be <clears throat> self-care. Okay. But in that regard though, you don't make an actual hardware piece? We're hardware agnostic. Okay. Eventually, any wearable that you have sure. will be able to work with Helium. Right now, it works with two, Apple Watch, and Amuse Meditation headband. Yeah, and that's what you have. And so that's, and for those of you looking on YouTube or check it out, and you know, if you were at about the 25th minute here. Now, I've seen these. Muse 1, uh, not yeah. Muse 2 yet, Muse 1. So I've seen this, and this is, this is uh, it looks kind of almost like like headphones in a way, but this strap that goes across the front, this is what will sense the frontal lobe or something that I'm probably not qualified to speak about. So yeah, this it's like is, headphones for your brain, literally. So this, yeah. And the, I mean, they kind of look like it. I mean, this looks like, you know, mm -hmm. certain headsets, but and they you would put it on your front strap your forehead, would go on the front and then it goes behind your ears. Now I'm wearing headphones and right now, so it, that's not possible. It but. just has a little EEG <clears throat> strip on the front okay. that's measuring that front area of your forehead. Obviously, it's not meant to be diagnostic in any way. It's not going to tell you you're positive or negative. That's not the purpose of helium. The purpose of it is that you see it as a haptic, almost in a way, as an input, and you become self-aware. Oh my gosh, I've never seen my brain patterns before. Look what happens to my brain patterns when I think that I'm on a beach. Oh, it goes down. Look at my brain patterns when I think of my mother-in-law or something like that. Oh, it goes up, you know, and, <laughs> and we're using emotion recall, which is a powerful tool to shift brain patterns. Again, a tool that you have already inside of yourself by thinking something, uh, you know, you can shift those brain patterns, but yet we have never as humans, some of us, um, unless you're monks or, or really good at that mind-body connection already, haven't discovered what we need to think about. So if you're able to see and get feedback to know, okay, if I'm thinking this way, that little firefly goes down, that's good. You learn and the brain believes right. what it sees. So then the next piece here, and this is what, what, we, what am I holding here? 
Uh, you're holding an Oculus Go. It has okay. a, a pink vinyl wrap on it with a heel, H-E-A-L, helium, uh, a sticker on it. And inside those goggles is our um, platform. It's a virtual, uh, a virtual reality app. We have augmented reality apps as well on iOS and Android. And inside there, there are more than a dozen different uh, experiences for our pro subscribers. We also have a free app as well um, on the Oculus Store, Oculus Store, and you can download it. And even if you don't have a wearable, you don't have a Apple Watch, or you don't have a Muse uh, One headband. Uh, if you click no, I'm not using a wearable, then those experiences automatically go forward. And you still get benefit of, you know, being in a beautiful place um, and uh, passing through fractal animations. Uh, we had someone tell us that it gave them the sensation of ayahuasca. And first I, <laughs> I asked them, I was like, ayahuasca, and I had to Google it. And of course, you know, my my partner, uh, Dr. Terrence, laughing at me, and it's a Peruvian psychedelic. Yes. And so, you know, these- That you shouldn't take because it kind of like can also like melt your brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not advocating that. Yeah. But, but apparently this fractal animation that we have on our platform gave her some of those similar sensations of an altered state um, that, you know, uh, VR- um, and some arenas is being likened to a, a cyberdelic, um, you know, a completely drugless way um, that has value for individuals going through substance use um, um, issues. There was a study in Shanghai uh, that showed that using virtual reality made individuals uh, 70% less likely to want to crave an addictive substance. Right. So we're just scratching the surface on, you know, what VRCeuticals, ARCeuticals can, can be used for. Uh, we have data to show that it, you know, reduces self-report anxiety. People are using it to self-manage their anxiety. But uh, it's really exciting to look down the path and see what other uh, really fascinating use cases for other modalities that it can be used for. Well, you mentioned the treatment and, and you know, kind of heading off things that start to swell up with mild anxiety. I mean, and this is going to sound like a really obvious thing, but mild anxiety is the step on the way to full-blown anxiety. And, um, you know, when it comes to things related to substance abuse and stuff like that, I mean, those are the people that are often... Um, engaging in the use of things that, and these people don't really want to have that. They don't want to feel like they, they don't, most addicts don't want to use drugs. They do for reasons that they sometimes can't define, but it's a swelling sense of anxiety that they're often trying to head off. So I think if even any percentage of the time it's effective, then that is very worthwhile for pursuing. So, you know, that's a, a you know, anxiety is, is, um, it's, I mean, it's interesting. It's not something that, that I've, I've battled terribly myself, but I've been around a lot of people that have, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's crippling for a lot of folks. And I think that, you know, and, and the thing is, is like, so for some of the, the things you talk about, like some of the, uh, the pharmaceutical treatments, you know, you have everything, Valium, Xanax, things like that. Which has great value for, for people. And I don't want to give the impression right. that, that there are some people who, who can't even get out of bed without 
You know, it has great value for them. But those are powerful things. And a lot of those people don't want to put that in their body either. Some may need to, and some may not, but those are, those are slippery slopes for a lot of people. You know, Mm -hmm. some people, uh, it's like the same thing, you know, with opioids and you talk about so many people that have developed an addiction to it. And it didn't start because they were like out seeking drugs. They like went to have like a, a, a dental operation or something. And, you know, there was a lady in our neighborhood growing up that cracked a tooth and started taking pain pills for it. And it really did not work out well in the end. And it's it's kind of a sad story for a lot of people. So I really, you know, commend anything that I think there's a lot of things that we're going to have to face as a society when it comes to treating a lot of the problems that we've self-created in some regards. So um, now one of the things that, you know, the the subject of veterans um, brings up things like PTSD. Has this been effective in in addressing any things related to that? Or um, we have, don't have any data on PTSD. Um, we do have veterans who are using that it, that way. Um, Apple just released an article this morning um, profiling one veteran who's using helium, um, our augmented reality paired with an Apple Watch, uh, that he uses it uh, frequently during the week to remind him, you know, what he needs to think about. Uh, in order to to lower that that heart rate, uh, anxiety is a layer in PTS as it is in sixty percent of you know all illness and and disease. But um, uh, this is not a cure for PTS, um, and we're not saying quit going to your doctor or quit taking your your medication because this is the cure for PTS. Right, it's it's right, not. Right, right. Um, uh, are people using that it, that way as a, a drugless? you know, um, alternative, uh, yeah, much like they have other mindfulness and med- meditation apps on, on their phone. Um, well, I don't think that, I don't think that just, uh, taking a pill is, is usually like, the, I think when you go to a doctor, they're not just like, Hey, take this pill and all your problems are going to go away. Right. I mean, there's usually a, a whole, you know, I mean, this is why, you know, if you break your leg, you go to physical therapy afterward, you don't just take some pain pills while it hurts and then cut the cast off and you're like, oh, cool, I'm good again. You know, like you have to recondition a lot of different things. But Um, the future value of pairing, you know, some uh, drugless uh, technology interventions with existing pharmaceuticals also um, has value, maybe perhaps in the future to decrease reliance on those pharmaceuticals or to make them more more potent and more powerful in some way. Right. Now, I noticed that and and I'm not I'm not being provocative here, but I noticed there's a, a resistance to not wanting to identify this as a cure for anything and I'm sure that that's probably something that um not only legally but well it's uh, probably advisable, but what kind of, uh, challenges come up with things like the FDA or anything related? Cause I, I don't think you can say anything is a cure in this day and age, unless it really is like 100% of the time and whatever is. Right. So this is a low risk, um, uh, intervention and it's not something that requires FDA approval. We're not making claims that, um, it's a, a treatment or a cure or a right. diagnostic tool. It's a self-awareness tool. Um, and as such, the FDA recently came out with new guidelines um, for these kind of experiences um, as low risk. It's not anything that's consumed. It's not wiped on the skin. We're not putting anything into your head. So it's it's uh, strictly mindfulness and meditation that's 
with an input that comes from your consumer wearables. Um, and as a, a self-awareness tool, self-care tool is a uh, wellness tool is the best way to best way to describe it. I'm looking forward to the input phase because I want to do that thing like Neo did in the Matrix where he like uploads the entire. No, I want to know right? Kung Fu. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? I mean, I really am like looking forward to that day and then I, you know, when I can just know everything. But um, so as far as, as your business goes, and let, by the way, let's not back, let's not breeze over this. You meant we kind of skipped right past this. You were just featured by Apple in a blog about this technology, right? This morning, yeah. yeah we I should really it. highlight that again because we kind of, like I said, we kind of fired past that. But um, that's a that's a big validating factor. And, you know, how, how does that feel? Um, it feels great to, to have a tool that is being used um, uh, by people who struggle with, with anxiety. We had an opportunity uh, to spend uh, part of our summer at Menlo Park working with Apple engineers to try to perfect our products as part of um, an entrepreneurial cohort there. Um, they helped us take a deep dive into our user interface and, and ultimately our app was better for it because the app is better. That means it will be discovered by more people. Um, and, uh, you know, the article was about one particular veteran who was using it, um, to try to self-manage, um, some of his, his own anxiety. It was just an app that you get on the app store that you pair with your Apple watch. Um, you know, something, something very simple, but, um, we're grateful for all of the people who've, you know, specifically in the Kansas city area in the Columbia area in the West coast who with groups like women in XR who rallied around us, um, and mentored us, uh, to try to help us get to the next level on what we needed as far as product development or, or fundraising, um, or, or anything like that. So we're delighted to have a product in the market, uh, that people are using it. And I think we're just now, uh, you know, discovering uh, and wrapping our, our mind around what future use cases uh, can be used for helium as it relates to sleep, for instance. Uh, you know, we can see that high beta activity, that that stress reaction, all those thoughts that ruminate in my head, and and it sounds like in your head as well at night. And by the way, I do have sleep issues. Like I'm, they're very well documented amongst people that I know. Yeah, I mean, you I get all these things that. rattling around in your head, and you know, like here's the thing: it, it, some of it comes from, <clears throat> excuse me, some of these things come from a general lack of structure that are often associated with the lives of entrepreneurs. You know, I own the company. I don't have to be here at nine. I mean, I don't, and I can, and I've, I've worked for myself or in a, in a relatively unstructured environment for a long time. So you talk about like the mindfulness and you mentioned uh, a monk or being able to identify certain things. Well, I have moments of inspiration that are powerful and I have, and I've used, I've harnessed them to find great success and you never know when those moments are going to come. And part of like my maturity as an entrepreneur and a person in general is being able to recognize that and ride it. Um, but with that, Sometimes if you know me, I'll be like, yeah, I haven't slept in two days because I can't. It's not that I don't want to. I can't like I could, but I have to like go like take sleep drugs or something. And I don't do Helium. that. Helium. Well, I, you know, but on the, but, but Sarah, on the, on the same side, I, do, I also don't fight it because being able to be the, the podcast is about the only st truly scheduled and structured thing. And, and 
Um, I've gotten a lot better at this over the years, but I, it still happens quite a bit. And it just happened to me last week. I, uh, between Saturday night and the, and Wednesday, I slept seven hours and it's like, sometimes it's, like I said, it feels kind of painful. You're like, yeah. you know, you can equate it to, you know, I, I don't want to say like voices cause then you sound crazy, but you get a lot of stuff going on. You're thinking about all these different things and it's like almost like the opposite of anxiety. It's like excitement. You know, so I've learned to try to, I, I want to try this out though and see if, cause sometimes it's really not welcome. You're like, stop. But I always think if you try to try to block or stop your own inspiration, mm-hmm. well, is that the last time you'll be inspired? <laughs> that's a, that's a good point, but you know, sleep does have value. It does. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, honestly, though, sometimes some of my best and most insightful ideas and everything have come in these semi-delirious moments. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I, and that's why I find this to be really interesting because I would almost like to study myself to be able to visualize the why, when, and where, because I feel like in those moments that they occur because I'm tired, because my mind is now not as able to have 10,000 thoughts a second or whatever's going on. So I don't really know. I like, I, and for those that have listened to all the episodes, you've heard me talk about that at one point I was, I, I had some of my most inspired moments while I'm mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't figured out why, but it's yeah. one year I, I paid someone else to mow my lawn. And I, at the end of that year, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to mow my own lawn again. Right. Like, what am I, what am I cheating myself out of? But it's me I, driving same way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's actually not, I've talked to a lot of people. It's not uncommon. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like you're active enough to, to distract your mind. Some people talk about the shower, just different things, sometimes working out different stuff. And I, I've really been fascinated with human performance and the way the mind goes. Um, I've had some ongoing uh, conversations and I will just say thought experience experiments with people that are really high performing. Um, some of my favorite have been with like really, really high performing musicians because well, I can't decide when I'm going to be inspired. It happens or it doesn't, but these guys have to turn it on. <laughs> They're in front of 10,000 people at 9 PM at night. And, you know, like here it comes and like do it. And, you know, like some people of certain types and genres of musicians, they don't play the same notes and the same songs every night. And how do you do that? Like, right. how do you just, how do you, how do you unbottle the lightning? And, um, and you do realize, I mean, uh, anxiety is a layer in cre- creativity. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And on the way to anything um, worthwhile, there's discomfort. I mean, it's usually the way it goes. Um, And, you know, that's, yeah, I've had a lot of conversations with people about, uh, you know, what's the difference between being genius and being crazy? What's the difference between being obsessed and being driven? And really the best answer we could come up with was, well, two, the first one was who cares? (laughs) The second one was it's, it's all external observation. So, you know, if you feel like you're, you're being driven and inspired, well, that's really your reality. And then the genius and crazy thing is definitely an outside point of view. Mm-hmm. Cause once again, who cares? That really was after like a year and a half of having those conversations, I asked someone that and the guy was like, I mean, who cares? I'm like, you know what? You have a, you got a great, <laughs> a great point. A year and a half later of these conversations, you have a great point. But yeah, I think a lot of people, I, I think that this kind of stuff and you know, how cool is it that in this day and age, you can get your hands on something like this. So, um, Very accessible it's it, in the stores. Yeah. yeah. And that's nuts. And I think that's really cool. So once again, before we, 
we come to a thrilling conclusion here. Go to Trihelium. That's H-E-A-L-I-U-M.com. Um, you said your apps are available in the App Store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so iOS, iOS and Android. And Android. And also um, in virtual reality um, on Oculus uh, mm-hmm. Go will be on the Quest later on. But if you go to the Oculus Store and just search H-E-A-L-I-U-M. Okay. And, uh, you know, once again, that's really cool stuff. So um, how much do these pieces cost? So um, our augmented reality apps, one-time download is $4.99, highly affordable. And we'd encourage people use AR as an on-ramp to get you into VR. Um, We have a free virtual reality app. Um, If you just want to try it without a wearable and and see how it works, Uh, our pro version of our software, it's $29 a month for a single user license. Um, that's about a dollar, less than a dollar a day. Right. And if you think about, you know, what are you spending on your mental health? What are you, you know, what are we spending on our mental health? Not a whole heck of a lot. And this is, you know, mental fitness in a way, um, uh, that again, uh, allows you to train your brain and become more self-aware of what you need to think about to change, uh, your virtual reality and in turn your reality. Well, that's, you know, that's what I really like about it. And I like the train your brain part because look, success is, is trainable. I mean, there's, it's repeatable. Um, there's, you know, success demands payment in advance. You're not going to just wake up tomorrow and be like, damn, I'm successful. I mean, that's not the way it works. Like no matter who you talk to, I mentioned talking to people that were high performing, Maybe I'll write another book about that someday. I'm just fascinated with high-performing people. And really, in the end, you never find any of them that are like, yeah, I just woke up one day and I was like freaking awesome at everything. No, they worked really hard at it. In the same way that you teach yourself how to play guitar, you can teach yourself how to think and teach yourself how to think successfully and have a positive outlook about life. Like, guess that I... People ask me all the time, they say, what do I need to do to make more money? Okay, well, first off, quit thinking about money. Get good at something. That would be a good start. And second off, you have to believe you can do it. And that's the biggest, you know, I mentioned my book, Balance Me, earlier. Literally, in the introduction, it says if you aren't willing to accept the fact that you're probably your own biggest problem, just put the book back. You're going to be disappointed. I can't help you. And you need to understand that change is hard. It requires constant updating. It requires fine tuning and reassessment. And that is the, that is that kind of mental training. Now, I love the fact that you can actually do some things to use technology to get out in front of that. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm probably going to maybe you'll, we'll do a follow up episode in six months. And I'll yeah, just be I'd like, love for you to try I'll, it. I'll be like, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> That's right. I want to see. I'm, I'm really fascinated with, with have you ever seen thing. your brain patterns before? No, because I'm af- I'm afraid if I put this thing on that it'll be like Drew Barrymore and Firestarter, and I'll like <laughs> melt it. Like the yeah. whole studio will Air. catch on fire. No. There'll be a weird guy with an eye patch trying to chase me down. Well, and you can adjust the difficulty settings too to make it impossible to fail because everybody's brain patterns are different. Just because your arm is longer than my arm doesn't mean that it's stronger. Yeah, it's just sure. different. So um, the settings in the app, you can toggle the di- difficulty settings, threshold barriers, higher or lower. So you can train at whatever threshold that, that you want to. And that's really key because uh, you don't want to make it hard on yourself when you first start out. I you know, do. You want to have some success. Oh. So you build up that confidence that you know what to think about to make you know your brain patterns or your um, heart rate go lower. I, like to, I would love to want to fail a whole bunch up front. So when I win, I'll be like, yeah. 
Like, I don't want it to be easy. I think that's uh, yeah. kind of well, interesting. It, it's, it's gamified in a way in that, you know, for instance, with your heart rate or with your brain patterns, you hatch butterflies. And for each butterfly that you hatch, you get a point. And pretty soon, in, you know, around the room in augmented reality, you see all of these butterflies that are essentially your feelings in a way, your calm thoughts or your quiet mind or your 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 heart in a way that's that's all the way around the room. So you have some sense of accomplishment of those are my butterflies that you can, know, can I we hatch. can we make an entrepreneur's version that just has a cash register and like a hand like Paulina and it's like cha ching, right? cha ching. I feel like I feel like so many of our listeners would probably respond favorably. Uh helium got me through yeah and still gets me through entrepreneurship. And it's the toughest job sleep, finances, you know, marriages, children, and having to do all of this. And, you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but we've done episodes on founders depression. Like it's real, it's legit. Mm -hmm. And that's because there's, as an entrepreneur, like it's going to put you through the ringer. I get a lot of people that want advice on their quote idea. We'll just leave it that general. And I said, look, regardless of your idea or not, you need to know that like this is going to beat you up. It is going to challenge every part of your sanity, of your finances, of your relationships, of your mental fortitude. Of your and time. it is, I mean, and time, well, time's the main, the main part of that. And someone in here recently had mentioned that they became an entrepreneur because they wanted to spend more time with their family. Oh. Uh, well, that was the reaction that came after because it was like, wow, I got a real. I got a real uh, eye opener on that one. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, now you need some mental, it's mental health armor. Yeah. Again. If you get it right, you can get a lot of those things the way that you want them and the way that you need them, but don't become an entrepreneur because you want to have ultimate control over your life. Cause sometimes being an entrepreneur is going to control your life. Not sometimes, usually always, but yep. We'll see how that goes, man. Now I have anxiety. I'm going to have to like no, get no, my no. mental butterflies to, under control. Yeah. I'm going to, Float up the side of a waterfall. Man, I think that'd be good, but it's a good thing I know how to swim or I might be in that same situation <laughs> like the bluff. You know, it's funny you mentioned that and I immediately thought, because I'm actually, I, I actually don't do well with heights. Which hey, some, I won't show you that one. Then. People think it's funny. They're like, but you're really tall. I'm like, that's not how it works, guy. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not, but it's, yeah, just like, I didn't even realize that I wasn't comfortable with heights until... I went on a cruise and I walked down a glass staircase Mm. and I literally felt like my stomach fell through the glass, like all the way down. And I was like, whoa, that's different. And yeah. There are VR apps out that can now help with fear of heights. Yeah, that, that, it just yeah. desensitizes you because in the goggles, you know, you see the glass and you feel like you're on a plank, but yet you're really grounded you know, in, in reality. So it walks you through some of those different things. And I, I was thinking about some of the things that, that cause people anxiety. You know, one of those that is once again, I'm really far away from this. Um, the more people I speak to the, the, the more focused I become, but, you know, speaking to people in general, we were talking about that before we hit record. Some people come in here, we turn on the red light that says record and they're like, uh, <laughs> and you're like, uh, what could, you were so talkative before this red light came on, but you know, that's a, that's a real thing. And more people would, more people report being scared of public speaking than death. Think about that. Yeah. There's a VR app for that too. Public speaking. Well, I was going to ask, cause you know, my wife's in that, in that ballpark and she doesn't, you know, she thought about, and she's open about talking about it. It just doesn't, you know, doesn't make her feel comfortable. So she needs a VR suitable for maybe, maybe yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to buy like a 50 pack of these things so I can always like, 
I'm just going to be walking around and strap these things to my head all the time. Get them for your entrepreneurs. For my entrepreneurs? Yeah, your entrepreneurs that you mentor. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna work with you guys to create, you know, the startup hustle version. There of you it. go. I don't know how that would actually work. I'm going to have to map that out. So you talk about, you know, I, um, I've, I've had some back to the high performers. When it comes to entrepreneurship, the people I've talked to the best at it will all tell you that the greatest entrepreneurs are excellent storytellers. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah, so you're not telling, selling your product, you're, you're selling your story. Yeah, you're selling your story and you're selling yourself, but really you're selling your, your solution. And um, you've, which you did quite effectively today. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it's I'm almost as if you've spoken to people before. A couple decades of yeah, yeah. living in a box yeah. and yeah. Yeah, um, but that, no, that's, I mean, it was, it was apparent and that's, I think that's good. And I think that it's important that a CEO of a company be able to, it's hard it's hard. I talk to a lot of people and they're like, you know, I'm like, who's the face of this? And they're like, uh, I'm like, you guys got to go talk to someone about this just because you build it. Doesn't mean they're going to come. Yeah. All right. Stories are the core to our platform. I mean, we right. do that every day. Essentially these are stories and metaphors about waterfall and you know, how you can rise up and take courage and do it, whether it be entrepreneurship or, or anything else. Um, you know, think of helium like a, a little huddle with your friends before you go into a big meeting or something like that. It, it, yeah. it, it gives you that confidence and that, you know, feeling that um, not only, again, in the virtual world, but in the real world, just like you powered up that waterfall or illuminated the planets, you can do that exact same thing. You have it inside you. You had it inside you all along. Yeah. yeah well, it's practice. I mean, look back, back to the musician thing or anything else. I mean, it is really practice. Um, by the way, you said waterfalls enough. I think you'll appreciate the other day that I did listen to waterfalls by T- TLC. Ah, oh, good deal. Yeah. I don't know what brought that up, but we did listen to that here. Don't at the go office. chasing waterfalls. Well, apparently, unless you're in the ARVR world, That's and then right. you may want to climb you waterfalls. With your, with your gamma asymmetry, yeah. your feelings of positivity. Um, and now you're just showing off. <laughs> For those of you that are following our ongoing uh, episode quiz, Gamma Asymmetry will be on the pop quiz. It'll be on the final and it will have heavy weight. Oh, so, what about high beta? Yeah, high that beta too. Would be a good oh, yeah, one. sure, sure. And then a bunch yeah. of acronyms like EEW, EEG, EEG, Electroencephalogram. Yeah. Yes. BCI is another one that would be good for a pop quiz brain computer interface. <laughs> and that's what the, these wearables, I mean, they're baking them into headphones. So pretty soon it has EEG sensors in the headphones. Instead of you deciding, what do I want to listen to today? It's going to scan your brain patterns. It's going to serve up what music you need, not what you think you want, but it'll say, oh, Matt needs something to reduce the high beta activity in his brain. It's going to serve up that kind of music to you. Music is like, I mean, I listen to music eight to 10 hours a day. It's sometimes the only thing that actually, it, it actually does have a really high effect on on my ability to focus the same way that, you know, your product does. All right. So before we end this with doing our founders freestyle, a little recap here. So go check out try helium. That's T R Y H E A L I U M.com. There's apps that you can download. And remember that's helium that has an A in it. You can check it out for 
Android, for iOS. There's all kinds of great stuff in there. Look, you're not going to understand how awesome some of this stuff is until you hook it up and try it. It might be for you, might not, but you're never going to know until you try. I think it's a pretty cool thing. There's a whole lot of different kinds of technology out there that can do a whole lot of different stuff. Don't be, a tr don't be afraid to give it a shot. So um, as we get ready to finish with what we call the Founders Freestyle, which I'm buying you some time right now so you can uh -huh. think about what or, yeah, I don't feel like you're going to get crushed by this, but we give everyone a, a closing moment. Sarah has grabbed the, the green stress egg and she's, uh, she's like, ah, I don't need this. She's juggling right now. Okay. Um, so if you want to see that, you can check out the Startup Hustle youtube channel and also check us out on instagram which we i don't think we mentioned before you can go to helium xr on instagram or the twitter is that how you say that it's the twitter right <laughs> the it's twitter. singular right there's only yeah, one us techies are on the twitter as Kinda well like as instagram Facebook. yeah yeah i think it was justin timberlake that told me to get rid of the the mm -hmm. isn't that what he said yeah i i I think movie. some people probably believe Justin Timberlake is the co-founder of Facebook. Probably do. Yeah. I'd oh, you mean he's not? No, I'd like it. I'd like <laughs> Facebook more if he really was. Right. So, all right. That said, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Uh, we'd like to end our episodes with the Founders Freestyle, which you can utilize for any number of purposes. You get to figure out how you want to close out your episode. And then I might say a few things and then we will say goodbye. Sounds good. Well, how long do I have, Matt? What's my wrap? Technically, time here? you have as long as you want. Oh, really? I can just like go on forever. Yeah, now, but if you do get too far, then we might have to pipe in that music like they play at the Oscars when people okay. talk too long. I got but you. You just gave me a wrap up sign. I'm, I'm well. I'm not yeah. going to. I'm going to let you. Free. It's a freestyle. Okay. I mean, as long as you're not like rambling or like becoming overly repetitive or doing something like reciting the Gettysburg Address. Okay. I promise yeah. I won't do that. I mean, if you can, I think that also could be impressive. But Well, you know, the world is no longer flat. It's becoming a place that we step inside, inside our digital devices. And we as humans really need to be taking a hard look at our digital diet and what we're putting into our bodies. Because if we have too much negative fiber uh, inside uh, the media that we consume, it's going to make us sick. Just like it made me sick with not being able to sleep, that then led to panic attacks and then led to anxiety. So if I'm not saying turn off the news all of, altogether, you need that information to know how to vote to know who lives next door to you, uh, to know what's going on in the, the, the um, safety and in, in the weather. But if you're not taking time to either put in reality experiences, whether it be a real walk in the park or a digital walk in the park through things like helium, then all of that negativity and negative fiber can definitely make you sick. Uh, stress is a $300 billion people and profit killer. We're losing 20 veterans a day. We're losing 125 people a day to suicide. You know, the opioid epidemic, that you, you, you've got a little more than that with the opioid epidemic. And suicide, you know, is, is right up there. And so, uh, you know, to have a completely drugless solution that in a matter of minutes can take you somewhere else and give you some virtual peace um, has value not only for you, but for all of the other people who have to interact with you on a daily basis who want to see you succeed and see you have, have resilience. So stress and burnout has been recently classified by the World Health Organization as a legitimate medical concern, and we can't keep 
popping pills. Uh, we're not saying that this is a replacement for any kind of psychotropic medication or that helium is a replacement for cognitive behavioral therapy. It's not. It's something quick and easy that you can have in your medicine cabinet or you can have before you give blood or get a blood draw or go to the dentist or any other painful procedure that gives you anxiety, um, a, a completely drugless solution that gives you a few minutes of, of, of virtual peace. And in closing, I would just like to say that your thoughts and feelings, they have power. Through these devices, you can see your brain patterns. You can see your feelings of positivity, your feelings of quiet mind displayed on the screen and control these virtual worlds. You can see your heart rate displayed on, on the screen. And the more that um, you know that those thoughts have power, you know that you can control things not only in the virtual world, but in the real world as well. Well, thank you. I think that that was very uh, in-depth. Um, I'm not going to be as fancy. Okay. And, but I didn't do that on purpose. All right. So I'm 44 years old. And when I was a kid, this thing came out called computers <laughs> and people didn't understand them. We didn't know what they were for. They were maybe a fad. There were different stuff. Now my parents brought a computer home PC when I was, I mean, like as far as I can remember, and they didn't let me sit around and play games on it. They did things like there was a game I used to play called math blaster. Oh, okay. It was like Space Invaders. Yeah. Because um, we had an Atari and we we set, spent time messing around with that. But my parents were, were real nuts when it came to like, you know, they were cool with letting us and uh, uh, like embrace this new digital stuff that was, you know, like I said, it was like people didn't know what are computers for? Are these a fad? No one, who needs these? I only need these at work. Well, my sister and I both did, instead of like playing Atari, we were playing games like Math Blaster and there were some other, I can't remember the other ones. Well, my sister's a doctor now and I've become a successful entrepreneur with that. I look back and I attribute a lot of that mental training. I remember playing that math game and like I developed at least highly functional math skills that came as a product of training my thought process to do simple things. Uh, my wife uh, always jokes around. She's like, I don't know how you do that, but I can do basic math on a high level. And I say basic usable math. I'm not going to, I'm not the calculator guy. I'm not like what's 914 million times 363. I don't know. 576,431. Wrong. How did the number get smaller? I just made I said it up. 39 I million, but I do appreciate it. Yeah. I should have done more math. Class, by the way, that's saying? well, but the point is, is like, you know, at the time, sometimes things come along and you're like, I don't understand them. I don't know them. Hook it up and try it. This is a non-invasive kind of thing. I mean, that's the worst thing that's going to happen is you might have some fun. Um, but you know, there's a whole world of technology and I, you know, I got to admit, like, I'm going to go home and, and try this stuff. Um, why? Because I kind of realized during recording this that I haven't really done a whole lot with it. And I have this, I, I'm suddenly really fascinated with, I'm a, just a big believer that, you know, thoughts are things and you can have a level of control and learning from them. And I really do want to like wake up and be like, I know Kung Fu. Um, but so much of that is, I think is, is really important. And I'm really fascinated with all the stuff that, 
that is going on. Um, I'd really love for you to come back and keep us updated on Thank the you. journey with this. I think that uh, augmented reality and virtual reality are, are things that it's funny. You also talk about being old. I remember being like 18 and talking to a guy who's like, yeah, I'm starting a virtual reality arcade. Yeah, yeah. failed in like a month. There are a lot of successful yeah. um, ones out there. The Void uh, is a really neat one. People should should check out. Well, and- some some of that was we weren't ready for that, but we're ready for that now. There's the there's a level of computing power and like it really can seem very real and and there's a lot of really cool stuff. So I'm looking forward to giving that a shot. Anyway, if any of you need me, that's where I'll be. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.